Hello and welcome to Big Business Briefs with me, Heather Noble. And me, Tracy Jones. Um, <laughs> it's a complete mental block then as to what we were doing. <laughs> who we are, where we, who are. we are. What day is it, oh, etc. Yeah. <laughs> it comes to us all, Heather. Okay, so what we're talking about today is a villa of bees and a seven pound onion. Uh, that was taken from the headline of an article in August in The Guardian. Uh, Heather sent this link over to me and said, shall we talk about this? Oh, it's not just about bees and onions. It's actually about online deliveries during the pandemic. I find it a really interesting read, so thank you for sending it over. Can I just say one thing? We'd already decided that we were going to be talking about this. And lo and behold, on Monday or Tuesday of this week, Jeremy Vine starts talking about it. It's as though no. he's getting inside our plans, mm. intercepting our messages. Mm. And um, yeah, he did. A, in fact, I think they tried to order an onion. Just one 16 onion. 16 minutes, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay, let's give it some context then. Why Why the one onion? So what did the article tell us about well, an onion? Well, it's this whole, um, this sort of immediate delivery thing. So much, much more buying's been going on online, hasn't it? We all know that. I mean, crikey. You know, you, with, with the best will in the world, people have had parcels coming out of their ears. There's a cardboard yes. shortage, I believe, because <laughs> of all the cameras and boxes that are around. But it's this move to, we've talked in, in the past about, you know, drone delivery. And now there's this, um, we can bring you anything. So rather than having a full-blown Tesco delivery, if you get home and you find that you, you need an onion to go in your spag bowl, then the likes of Deliveroo although there are other people now. I like the air quotes you used on the podcast. Yes, sorry, yeah, air quotes. Deliveroo in air quotes, yes. Um, you, you know, we've used Deliveroo, haven't we, because even for takeaways, we got into this whole, yeah. the pub can't open, but they'll do a takeaway, therefore you get Deliveroo to deliver yeah. it. And it's just, it's built on that, really. But, the, I mean, the, the article caught my eye because of these bees, where somebody had ordered, you know, like a very unusual thing to order online, a box of bees. Yes, <laughs> and the postie said that the box was buzzing, yeah. <laughs> so you assumed the bees weren't very happy. Yeah, yeah exactly. So I, I've been having deliveries, and I've I've sort of um, always been aware that there's this sort of same-day delivery service in certain big cities, mm. but obviously I don't live in a big city. I, I, I live in an area that next day is very good, thank you very much, and the concept of Amazon or whatever delivering it the very same day was completely foreign to me until last week as we were researching this. What happened? The coincidence of it. Well, I, I was um, on the big online retailer, I might as well say it. I was on Amazon. <laughs> um, it's our podcast. We can say whoever we want, yeah, can't we? Yeah. And I was, buying, I was buying a book for a friend who lives in um, within the M25 sort of circle thing oh. so I put in their delivery address and said when, when do you want it delivered assuming that it would be like next day or next week or whatever um, I've got prime so I was going to go for next day I said do you want it delivering in the next hour oh my goodness oh wow I don't and I froze do, 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 I, do I want it delivered 
what if they're not in? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Do, yeah. Oh. And I completely panicked, so I just went for the next day. <laughs> I, I, I needed to stick something that I knew that was uh, okay. And it was a book, yeah? So it, it was wasn't a, a perishable item no, or something no. that you were going to Yeah, so no, I could have just got it there. I, I thought to buy her this book. Here's the book. It's quicker than I could have driven it down there to her. Yeah, that is... Um, it's clever, isn't That it? is clever. But can I just say one thing? Years and years and years ago, uh, when I lived in a rented house um, with another woman, we used to phone the Indian takeaway, order an Indian meal, phone a taxi, ask the taxi to go and pick up the Indian meal, bring the Indian meal to us. We paid the taxi for the food and for the taxi. So that's pretty much delivery, isn't exactly. it? Exactly. Yeah. So, or just eat or whatever. Yeah. yeah. But obviously we didn't patent that idea. We no. were just too lazy. You're to a bit too slow for that. <laughs> we couldn't be asked to go out in the rain to get an Indian. So we go, well, why don't we just get taxi to do it? And your taxi driver obviously trusted that you would pay him when, when yeah, you Yeah, we knew the taxi oh, driver. Oh, oh, yeah. You have a lot of takeaways. <laughs> Well, in the article, it does say that Just Eat's um, orders uh, increased by 76% in the first six months of 2021. So we're not, you know, we're not even in the the, the prime bit of lockdown. People have got used to it by then. Yeah. But the, this article is pretty much about how getting used to using Deliveroo, Just Eat, uh, and even get, you know, groceries delivered within the hour, within two hours or whatever, is becoming a way of life now. People are expecting and they think that that the habits are going to change and, and you know, there's going to be a lot more of it and it's not going to shrink back to where it was before the pandemic. No, and also I think that um, there's talk that people have changed the way that they shop anyway, regardless of the online. So they're much more likely to shop hand-to-mouth, you know, through the week rather than doing a big mm. shop. Yeah. Um, so people are more likely to be, and I don't know if that's because we like the spontaneity of thinking, well, rather than, you know, I was in the whole, you know, we'll have sausages on Monday, we'll have this on Tuesday, spout ball yeah. on Wednesday, whatever, and you just buy everything for that. People are like, well, it's wasteful if you've bought the makings of spaghetti bolognese and then you get home and you don't really fancy it. And you don't it. fancy it. I, I do still try and do a menu plan. I, I call me old-fashioned. I'm old-fashioned. And I do try and do a weekly shop. I, I have it delivered. To be honest, I hate shopping. Mm. I don't care what it is. I don't yeah. really like shopping. So get doing a, a, um, a weekly menu and getting it delivered. But I do find that we're still going out on a regular basis to, to do top-ups. So it's not quite working there. But one of the ideas in the article said that people get the idea of that breaking up that big expense, so you know, 120 quid weekly food shop, into bite size, if you pardon the pun, portions. So like 30 to 40 quid and just going out and doing that. But yeah, I, I think there's a lot to be said for it. Um, Time saving with the online shop, but then actually, when I've done the big online shop, I don't know how to fit it all in the fridge, and then some of the dates might be a bit shorter yeah. than you planned. Like, say your your plans might change, and you've got this food that's going to waste. Um, the most, the, the, thinking about the food thing, the most efficient way for me is, you know, you buy some things, and then you look in the fridge, 
and you say, right, what have we got? What can I make from that for tonight? I'll buy an onion. Yeah. And then I can make this. Or yeah. I'll buy some mushrooms or I'll buy a packet of sausages or whatever it might be. So, but but I, I think that's, even that requires a bit of planning, mm. you know, because you need to consciously look and decide about what you need to buy. Whereas this whole... You get home. Um, you, you, <laughs> and you go, oh, if and only we had an onion, onion. Yeah. we could make so-and-so. But you're absolutely right. I started looking at the um, the grocery on demand companies as they're, they're um, naming themselves. So we talked about Deliveroo. So there's Get Here, which is G-E-T-I-R, oh. Gorillas, and Jiffy. So I thought... Not heard of any of them. No, nor had I. So I thought, well, I'll have a look and see. Go on then. Um, none of them deliver to me. No, that's why you've not heard of them. Um, out of the service area. So that would need to be Liverpool and Manchester. Okay. On Get Here. Gorillas... Um, they're currently Cambridge, London, Manchester, Nottingham, Reading, Southampton, not Birmingham, it would seem. Okay. Jiffy, um, outside of the service area, don't even do Shrewsbury. Deliveroo, I'm outside of the service area near Oswestry, but Shrewsbury's okay. Okay. So I could order um, I could order a pizza to be delivered to my mum or an onion or a You can order one to be delivered to me because Deliveroo cover my area. There you go, see, but they don't do little old Gaboe. Okay, well, you have the plus side of living in a nice village, on a on a mainline train. train station, that's the only, yeah, that's the only good thing about it is the train station. So, in this article, I also picked up the um, the timing of some orders from um, gorillas. So they'd shared that um, alcohol orders in the evenings. That's yeah. not surprising. And around four to four thirty, um, a big spike in bakery meat and vegetable orders. And they say that's because people are picking kids up from the school but don't time, have time to go to the shop. Yeah. So they want to make the family tea. Yeah. But they want their bakery, meat and vegetable orders. D- did you also read a bit further on where it was saying the other way that um, online orders have changed? So we, we go from one extreme to the other here. So from ordering one onion, um, which which was Martin Kemp's son, Roman Kemp. Yeah. He literally ordered one on- onion, didn't he? Cost him seven quid. Yeah. Well, with delivery, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, I imagine the onion was £7. That would be quite an onion, wouldn't it? That's <laughs> it a was a huge yeah. onion. Yeah, <laughs> it was a massive onion. Yeah. But um, what, what uh, the Guardian say is that people have also then, at the other end of the scale, taken to ordering industrial quantities of things. So, for example, pickling onions, curry powder and panko breadcrumbs. Why do they keep them? I mean, my kitchen isn't small, but where would I keep industrial sized packets of spices I just yeah well I, I got to admit I do buy the spices in in the bulk because I don't like um getting the little tiny boxes or packets which I'm going to use up in one potentially yeah. two meals yeah uh, so because I, I make quite a lot of spicy food so I will buy a big bulk big, of yeah. um curry spices um somebody even said that they bought um a ton of manure online so you can buy this in you can literally order shit on the internet you can yeah <laughs> um yeah so some things as well that um people are going online for that they would potentially have gone to their local shop for because now there's actual stocking problems stocking not as in stockings on your legs but stock 
ing yes. <laughs> problems. Um, for example, garden furniture. A lot of local shops are finding they can't get hold of garden furniture, so people are trawling the web looking for where they can buy it from and then getting it delivered. Mm. Mm. So thinking's changed with Massively. online shopping. Well, again, going down a bit of a rabbit hole, um, I saw an article in The Independent about Burger King. Burger King has launched its first ever dark kitchen. What's a dark kitchen? I know. Well, that, that I thought... Ooh, sounds dangerous. Sinister, doesn't it? Yeah. Basically, it means um, it's a site where food is prepared for deliveries only. Oh, Pizza Hut have so, had them for ages, haven't they? Yeah. But Burger King, normally, it's a restaurant, isn't it? You go in and fetch your yeah, food. Yeah, so they've opened one in London, in Kentish Town, and they're trialling that to see whether... Because... Obviously, you don't need as much space, do you? A dark kitchen. I'm dark glad I've learned that tonight. A dark kitchen. A dark kitchen. It's yeah. intriguing. Yeah. Can I also tell you one stupid thing that I started doing? Right. I rem- I, d- I can remember a time when Amazon were promoting that you could literally order grocery there. So I went to Amazon and I, re- I can always remember saying, do you know you can order an iceberg lettuce from Amazon and it can be delivered tomorrow? So I thought, right, I'll have a little look, see if I can make myself a, you know, a bit of salad or something. So um, I could order a Morrison's Market Street Little Gem lettuce for 69 pence, but usually dispatched within five months. <laughs> um, I could order some fresh large vine tomatoes, five kilos of them. That cost me £23.99. could have those delivered um, on Monday. Can, can I just speak in defence of Amazon Grocery? It is regional, so it is based at the moment. They they have been trialing it just on certain postcodes, and I don't. I obviously don't have clearly the right not postcode in Gaboa. No. Come on, no. well, no, exactly. I could have some eggs. I could have six um, nice eggs, two pound fifty nine, four ninety nine delivery. <laughs> and then I thought ham, ham and eggs, uh, same thing, thirteen pound ninety five for five hundred grams of ham. Um, I could have that delivered. So it's. Not the really fresh, fresh stuff. Mm-hmm. But once upon a time, I could have ordered, I didn't, but I could have ordered an iceberg lettuce to be delivered tomorrow. So why have I gone off the radar? I don't know. Maybe Amazon have just thought their business model doesn't really need to be based on delivering lettuce to, <laughs> to Heather and Gaboin. <laughs> Maybe well, they've the got bigger biggest, fish to yeah, fry. Not the world's biggest <laughs> lettuce eater. So I, what I would say is if you are a business and you've been affected by this, um, one of the biggest things to think about is can your IT cope with it? And according to some research that's been done by law firm TLT, a lot of retailers can't. They can't cope with the the demands for their IT and their digital platforms. 89% of retailers that they surveyed said their digital and e-commerce platforms needed improvement. Um, but their online food shopping has increased 94% since the beginning of the pandemic. So I think that there's going to be quite a lot of... Um, consideration for businesses here is do they put that investment into the IT is it going to continue if it's just a flash in the pan then you know maybe you don't and you revert back to having your face-to-face customers but I think it's something to consider have you got the IT to deal with this change in shopping habits yeah I, I mean I think a lot of businesses have um have flexed and have put things in place so that they can take payments over the phone that you can order things click and collect all of that sort of yeah. thing I guess it's it's about the infrastructure, isn't it? So even if I, as a retailer, was set up 
to do that, um, I need to have a relationship with Jiffy or Getty or Gorilla yeah. or Deliveroo to so that they will come and pick up from me. Mm. You, know, you don't phone Deliveroo and say, can you get me a bottle of chilled white wine? And they say, oh, well, you know, we'll go to Sainsbury's. You know, where are they sourcing it from? Because you're going to be asking specifically, there's going to be relationships between the retailer and the courier. Let me, let me educate you, Heather. Oh, so if you, you go onto the Deliveroo app, yeah. it shows you which shops are available for Oh, so it's groceries. done that way yeah. round. Yeah. Oh. So I'd go on and say, I want a bottle of wine from the co-op, please. Right, okay. And then you pick from the list. Right. Well, okay. one day, yeah. <laughs> when Gaboans within Back, in the reach, yeah, yeah. on yeah. the on the grid, yeah, you'll be able to play as well. <laughs> <laughs> do you do you get a television reception, Gaboan? <laughs> yeah, do. do you? And you got the internet? Yeah, we we've got the super fast. Um, what is it? Infinity. Okay. Because just around the corner from where we live is a massive BT. Building. Is that the one I can see from out the window? Practically from my office, yes. Well, oh. you can, yeah. Yeah, and so there. Literally. We're within a stone's throw of that, so um, we were higher up the list than a village of our size. Well, that's good, which means be. that you could watch the film that we're reviewing today. Yes, indeed. It's on and Disney+. I, Plus. I know, and I did. Okay, so the film that we, we chose... We don't normally do films, do no, we? No, we don't. We, we've done a, we've done a, two, uh, maybe three. Yeah. Um, we did The Great Hack. Um, we've done the one about Ray Kroc. And we did a... Uh, did we uh, do the... Mich- we looked at the Michelle Obama Oh, yeah, Becoming, thing, yeah. yeah. And that's, oh, I think we've referenced a film as well when we looked at Madam Walker. Indeed. Yeah. Anyway, this one was... Not on our radar at all, but we were looking through some recommended lists for inspirational business films. And this one kept popping up time after time after time. And I I suggested to Heather, after we both watched the film, that maybe what we should be reviewing are these spurious lists <laughs> of what they think are inspirational business films and yes. um, it wasn't an unpleasant film but I, i'd class it as one of those channel five films that you'd watch on a winter afternoon when you're not feeling so well and you're lying on the sofa under a blanket and you don't really want to think that much yeah and i was a bit disappointed because the cast is actually really uh, strong cast so jennifer lawrence plays the the lead role of joy I couldn't quite pronounce the name. It, it it looks like it's Mangana, but she didn't pronounce it like that, did she, in the film? No. Um, but, but that's it, how it's spelled. Like, yes, Phonetically, yeah. for me, that's Mangano. Um, and we had... Um, oh, what's his Bradley. Bradley Cooper. Yeah. And who was her dad? Robert De Niro. Yeah. yeah. And other famous faces. So you'd think on the face of it, that's really good. But, yeah, I, I didn't find it inspirational. I don't, I don't know... Um, and it wasn't the person as well, so we haven't we haven't profiled Joy Mangado. So this is not a reflection on her or on her yeah. story. Yeah. It's a reflection on the film having been on the list as an inspirational business film. Um, I messaged you, or you messaged me within the first few minutes of you you I'd watching like, it. And you watch, went, yeah, is this a business film? I'd watched about fifteen minutes of it. I was watching it on my iPad. I thought, right, I'll I'll, I'll watch this instead of reading a book at bedtime. I'd, I'll just watch it in three chunks or whatever and then I was hoping that you might have watched it and you would tell me that I didn't need to invest any more of my life in it but it did improve 
But the story is of... The it's loosely based loosely on her based. life yes. story, isn't yes. it? Yeah. Yeah. So I actually, having not read the life story, I don't know how much of it is based on her. So like we're saying, this isn't a profile of her. No, 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 not at all. Um, essentially, um, she, she invented the first... Um, uh, self-squeezing, self-ringing self Yeah, mop. ringing mop. Um, and so she came up with an idea, she built a prototype, she manufactured it, she invested all her money, borrowed all sorts from everybody. Um, and it was really, really hard work to move it all forward. She was down on her uppers, completely skint. And then her ex-husband introduced her to somebody who worked for QVC, essentially. And long story short, she ends up on QVC promoting this mop and sells loads of them but she trips over in terms of there's some copywriting stuff um the contract that she has with qvc so lots of warning signs in there about making sure that your paperwork's as it should be you know she was she was enthused she was borrowing money there was risk and she wasn't smart enough i don't think she was having the right advice from the right yeah. people so it nearly went all horribly wrong um and then she was able to turn things around, essentially. Yeah, I think that if if you were going to say to me it was an inspirational business film, I think I would have liked to have picked up a little bit more about her own business smarts because what I picked up from it was that there were just some really awful people around her who took advantage. And no matter who that was, you'd have been screwed by yeah. them. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. And and actually, when she turns it around at the end, it, they make it look almost as if, you know, she just had an idea then and, and then just went. And that might have been the truth. But she seemed quite shallow in the portrayal in the film, whereas clearly to to have that sort of mindset, to, to invent and to be so persistent. What I was wanting to do is, is to just tell her to jettison all those people that were being so horrible yeah. to her. Yeah. Um, that that was the most inspirational thing for me was wow. You really need to be careful who you have who close. You hang out with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And but I think that was that was part of the lesson really. You know, she would she'd got people make uh, supplying her manufacturing stuff that she'd never met, hmm. and you know, and then they're looking at ripping off her her product. Yeah. So, and and she was convinced by. Um, uh, one of the investors um, in this complicated family story, so sort of part of her family, um, and she was convinced it, that this was the right sort of advice, um, and clearly it wasn't, yeah. yeah. Um, the other thing that I uh, noticed, and it's potentially because of the timing of the film and, and where she actually became um, a serious businesswoman, was that when she went from being... Um, sort of what they dressed her in and how they did her hair so she went from being this harassed mum and she was always seemed to be dressed in what looked like front of house hotel yeah sort yeah. of hospitality shirt, type outfit yeah, i don't know what her job was um retail waitress maybe i'm not sure um and then when she had this breakthrough moment and turned it all around she was wearing a black shirt and a a black leather jacket and she cut her hair and her hair looked funky and she had these amazing aviator glasses on hello again computer it's say hello um and she looked amazing didn't she and then they fast forward it to like when she's successful and she looked like a typical 
80s businesswoman with the power shoulders and the severe hair. And the big desk. Yeah, and it's just like, oh. And, you know, she got all this to look forward to. And I was looking at this woman, this confident young woman, striding down the road, feeling great and thinking, oh, I had to stop there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, yeah, she, she was sassy, wasn't she? Yeah. What, what, one of the things, she, when she um, went to the QVC guy... Um, and and th- there was a whole thing then uh, around that time when you know this was the start of QVC yeah. and TV shopping. I found that quite interesting. Yeah. How, how that had evolved yes. and how it worked behind the scenes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and that was something. I mean, have you ever bought anything from a no, no, nor have I a shopping channel? Something a lot of people do. Um, and and you can really um, catapult your product to a massive market very very quickly if it's pitched correctly. So there was a, there was a bit of that going on. Um, but Bradley, what's his Cooper. name? Cooper. Um, as part of the dialogue, at one point he said something and it reminded me, he, he said, um, you tell someone something once, they don't listen. Twice, they don't listen. Four times, they don't listen. It's not until you tell them nine times. No, I'd always put start... seven. Nine, nine, nine times, yeah. Okay. Do they start to listen? And that's why we're on 24 hours a day. So from a selling point of view, yeah, and a networking point of view, it's that you just got to keep showing up. It's no good putting out one tweet or one Facebook ad um, because that's not going to work. It's got to be... I suppose regardless of whether it's seven or nine, it's definitely quite a few more than you would imagine. Like It's not one, it's not two, it's not three. And that's not the sale, that's when they start to listen. Yeah, and, and I thought that was really, really powerful. And then one other thing that she did towards the end when she's, you say she's cut her hair and, you know, she's, she's you know... Sassy, like She's sassy, yeah, yeah, and going to break the balls of this guy who's been trying to rip her off. And um, she's negoti- negotiating with him and she sits down and he says, oh, I'll give you the, I'll give you the 20,000 back. And she says nothing. Yeah, she just looks at him. Looks, yeah. The power of silence. Absolutely. And that happens about three times. She says, okay... I'll give you I'll give you the money back plus twenty thousand. She says nothing. Plus Just looks 50. out the window. <laughs> yeah. And then in the end we get to plus interest. Plus yeah. interest and all you know and and it, it and then she smiles. Me. Yeah, yeah, and then they sign on the dotted line. But um it's a nice film. It's 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 a story of a a, a, a woman in business who went on, I think now I um um, she's now not involved with QVC or another the home shopping channel I think it was mm. um, but but you know very very successful yeah I think if you want to HSN it's HSN called, yeah. that's it network uh, yeah yeah if you want to actually read about her story yeah I think you might find um, on the basis of what we've picked out from the film and then you might find it interesting. It's called Inventing Joy, and it was published in 2017. Uh, if you just want to like a, an overview of something that's loosely based on her life, then, yeah, the film um, was released in 2015, so the life story was afterwards. So that's uh, interesting. I, I My automatic um, expectation would have been she published a book and then somebody made a film. But I think... Somebody approached her and said, I want to tell your story. So whether the film was a oh, byproduct of that, I don't know. Yeah, so she made the film and then thought, actually, I want to tell my actual story. Yeah. 
Yeah. Anyway, she's got a website if you do want to research her. We did say it's not a profile of Joy, um, and her website is Joy Mangano. I'm sorry if I pronounced that wrong, but that's exactly how it's uh, spelled. It's spelled. Yeah. So you can find joymangano.com. So we have profiled a lady today. Yes. Uh, and this lady, when we started looking, we realised she's everywhere. And we hadn't really been very aware of her. So I think it just goes to show we must have had our blinkers on. Because Sarah Davis, founder of Crafter's Companion, is all over the flipping place. Yeah. And I don't know, somehow we missed her. But finally we found her. And we're going to talk about this uh, British businesswoman, entrepreneur and television personality. Yeah. She's a dragon. She's soon to be on Strictly Come Dancing. So. And she's, yeah. Can, can I say... The first thing that I need to say is that when I Googled her and went to her Wikipedia, uh, I saw that she was born on the 23rd of April, 1984. And I went, 1984? That's not very long ago. <laughs> and then it's like, yeah, she's 35. Well, she's 37 now. Yeah. Um, 1984 okay. is longer ago than you yes, remember. Yes, I, I, I care to remember. Yes. But um, have you, have you ever... Because I'm not a crafter at all, so she really wouldn't be on my radar at all. But you are quite creative. I am. So I've been to lots of craft fairs at the NEC. Um, my mate Dawn, she's a big crafter. So she, I should have asked her if she'd heard of this website. I'm sure she has. She knows where all the craft is. But the only thing I can liken it to is it's a British version of hobby craft, maybe. Right, I've heard of hobby craft, yeah. yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I've never come across it before and she um started off by inventing as well so there's sort of a loose connection here we we're talking about female inventors today mm. clearly she invented something called the en envelope or the envelope i wasn't quite sure how to pronounce it it's the envelope uh. Uh. <laughs> yeah and it's something that you can use to um score paper so that you can fold it to make an envelope okay paper craft Okay. Because sometimes if you've made a card, you're looking at me, why would you want to do that? If you've made a card yeah. and you've used a particular type of paper, yes. you've personalised it, you might want to make a matching envelope or an envelope that complements the card that you've made. Yeah, so I just you, don't know why you need a scoring machine. but To make it for other... Oh, if you don't score it properly, it doesn't fold, fold properly... And then you end up with like these chunky edges. Oh, it's messy, Heather. That's... I sound like a woman who's made an envelope before. <laughs> and you'd be right. <laughs> I've made boxes, I've made envelopes. I, I don't do it on a regular basis. Well, can I show you? On my notice board here... Oh, lovely. Yeah, I had to make a badge for something you that I was that. doing. And I made that. I thought that. it was your niece, no, maybe, exactly, that made that. <laughs> How old you See, that's like three and a bit. Yeah. That's, that's the extent of my paper folding capability. Okay. It's shockingly bad. It's lovely for a three-year-old, that is. It, it is, not yeah. so for a 54-year-old. <laughs> anyway, back to um, Sarah Davis, who um, founded the business while she was a student at university in York. Yeah. Um, so Back in 2005. So her business is as old as my daughter. <laughs> wow. Okay, that's... Well... She's um, she, she, she's, sorry, you're, you're speechless now. Aren't I know, you? yeah, I know, yeah. She's kind of hit the the ground running. Yes, the 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 TV shopping channel was where she started selling the enveloper, but it was while she was on a placement at a craft company that she spotted 
the gap in the market. Um, so all those young people out there, get a placement. Yeah. Don't diss it as, you know. She did a business degree, didn't she? She's got a yeah. first class degree yeah. um, at yeah. University of York. Uh, yeah. It's not to be sniffed at. Uh, I think um, for me that it's that the thing the same with joy is that mindset where you can see something that's not quite right or that can be improved but that you've got the ability to take that forward into something that you you can actually turn into a product that you can handle so um part of the film shows um joy actually constructing this mop and winding cotton and using bits of metal and plastic and things to mm. to construct a prototype and that just fascinates me that product design and how you take it from oh wouldn't it be good if there was something that did that to actually producing a prototype to then getting it made yeah. and then getting it into the market and then yeah. building a whole business based on that invention and, and yeah it's amazing i love that yeah I, I i wouldn't as you say it's one thing to think this would be better if but then <laughs> now we sounded th- like the woman who thought i've got a great idea i'm gonna get a taxi to get my takeaway <laughs> i'm gonna stop there <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so you're Not- thinking wouldn't it be great if there was something that could fold this paper much better oh never oh, mind, yeah, never mind. There there to the next day. <laughs> hey, well i'm not a completed finisher but um but she's i mean her um her net worth is estimated to be £37 million. And when you consider she's 35... Uh, no, she's older than 35. No, we've just established <laughs> that, haven't we? She's 37. Even yeah. so, that, I think that's pretty impressive. Uh, and I noticed that she would, she's on BBC... Good, I don't know, this daytime morning TV, or some sort yeah. of daytime TV thing. And she is pretty much, you know, the go-to gal when it comes to, to crafting. Yeah, and she she's got these um, the slot on it. Say on the daytime TV, and so she's interested in crafting as well. She's yeah. not just gone. Oh, there's a, a gap in the market. I'm going to go and fill it, and I'm going to pull in other people. She's actually passionate about craft as well. Which, if you look at her website, um, if you look at the craft crafters companion website it's got her story on there but she features really heavily she does videos um you know she's very much involved in crafting she's involved in demonstrating the products um she's also on twitter um she's she's followed by a few people that i follow uh, in fact 33 people that i follow also follow her as well um, and she's on LinkedIn. That's a nice profile on LinkedIn, isn't it? Nice picture. Yeah. She, she photographs beautifully. Yeah, and she's quite funky. She's got a northern accent. And, um, yeah, she's quite funky, quite jolly. She had the same thing, going back to the joy thing, where Helix um, tried to um, take over the enveloper or envol- enveloper, whatever it might be, um, and she took them to court. Um, she was 23. Wow. She stood to lose £250,000 in legal costs. Um, she used to come home and cry herself to sleep. Um, and, yeah, and they won. Her husband gave up his job um, as a, a management accountant. And, yeah, she said, for, for Helix, it was just another business transaction. Yeah. For me, it was personal. It was everything invested and whatever scale business you're running, there is personal investment, you know, emotional yeah. investment, 
financial investment and that if this doesn't work where do I go you can't help but take it personally yeah. can you at that yeah, stage yeah exactly exactly um, she, we're talking about her website and Crafters Companion. She's also got her own personal website, uh, sarah-davis.com. And it's Sarah without an H, by the way. So I don't know if that's Sarah. Sarah, maybe. Sarah, Sarah. Um, and uh, it's good. You have a look on there. She's She's got um, her story on there. She says from an early age, she knew she wanted to be in business. And mum and dad have always run their own business. Um, they, they, they've been surrounded by people who've... Um, had their own companies I would say that sort of was one of the things from my childhood as well my dad was self-employed my uncle another uncle loads of people in in our sort of family and extended family unit were Mm self-employed so when I was considering that myself it wasn't such a scary thing because well everybody does it don't they yeah I think that can really have an impact I suppose it's the same if you look at actors you know, somebody who's never had actors in the family might think, well, that's really difficult to get into. Whereas somebody whose parents or aunts and uncles have role modelled being an actor, you think, well, that's possible. It is doable, yes, yeah. rather than starting from a blank a blank page. She talks about, um, on the website, she talks about recruitment. And um, she says, if you're going out shopping and you spot your dream dress, you should buy it. And she says that you should apply the same, the same to um, recruitment. She said that she, the best people that she's hired, she's hired not when she needed them, but when they crossed her path. That's a really good point, isn't it? Because it's that, right, I see something in you. I can utilise that. I'm going to find somewhere. Yeah, because such you. law is when you need that skill. Yeah. That particular that person is taking it. Yeah, yeah. And I think that that's, it, it's a brave approach. And of course... Not all biz- businesses can afford to do that, but it's 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 worth considering as a strategy, I think. Uh, on on her website as well, she offers advice. Um, she, so she's um, got looks like a blog. She calls it latest advice, and it's a mixture of interviews and videos. Um, so there's one, my road to the den, three inspirational business lessons I learned from my parents, how I turned glitter and glue into a global business. Um, promoting a positive work environment, connecting with customers, uh, how to attract talent. So there's a a real good range in there. Um, And I think if you connect with her personality, you might find those really useful. The the business itself does a lot of... So it now does have... It has a global presence now because... So there's her, but then there are other specialist crafters, so the experts, and they run workshop-y, webinar-y things. Um, and and of course, as part of that, they're going to be demonstrating things that are available for sale on their their yeah. website, which yeah. you know you can't knock them for. But but I think it, it's that push into um, the global market now, where they export to more than forty countries. So it's it, it's really ramped up. Um, but it, yeah, fascinating. I didn't know anything about them. Um, she does mentoring for for women in business as part of the Entrepreneurs Forum. Um, so and obviously she's got the people she's invested in with Dragon's Den as well. Yeah. Did yeah. you have a look at any of those? No, I, no, I didn't. 
Um, so there's one particular one that I absolutely loved. I've started following them on Twitter as well. So she says in um, LinkedIn this, and also on her website that she's interested in products and products excited. So uh, all of the companies she's invested in since Dragon's Den are product-based. But this one is lovely. It's called Wilso Limited and they're plantable children's books. So the, the pages, so it's made from eco-friendly materials, even the stitch, it's not glued together, it's bound together with cotton stitching. Mm -hmm. um, and then you, you can plant the pages of the book and they become real vegetables and herbs that are talked about in the book. Absolutely lovely. That is genius, isn't it? Yeah, it's that really good. So I, I've started following them on, on Twitter because that totally spoke to yeah, me. And I thought, yeah. who can I buy these for? And I don't know enough young children. You've got a young niece, so I think you need to buy some. So, uh, is it very young children that it's aimed at? Uh, I think three would do, yeah. I yeah. think you need to buy her a few. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, you can have a look on... Um, on her website, she does point to the company she's invested in, but also there's a good list on uh, LinkedIn as well. She's got a good comprehensive profile on LinkedIn if you want to take a look. We, you know what we're going to have to do one of these days, Heather, is record an outro for this new uh, branded podcast. Because <laughs> you, you just sat there, looked back, I and then we're done now, I aren't know. we? <laughs> and I think I did that last time. Yeah. I, I just... Yeah, you can. You, you, if my mouth's shut, which is a rarity in itself, <laughs> it usually means I haven't got anything else to say. That means Heather's done. <laughs> so on, on that note, yeah, we'll say thank you very much for listening and uh, join us again next week on Big Business Briefs. The podcast that's not pants. The podcast that's not pants, indeed. <laughs>